Today, we're going to complete Law of One Session 50. Um, May 6, 1981, it was received. 14 exchanges between Don and Ra. We did the first half last week. Some very deep um, questions and answers, both, um, regarding the um, proper use of catalyst, uh, how we can understand life experience moment to moment as catalyst that relates to the energy centers, particularly to the South Pole, North Pole uh, dynamic, where there's incoming uh, from uh, root chakra or the association to the what's called the Kundalini rising. And Ra reframes that as um, an understanding that the Kundalini rising uh, or the raising of the Kundalini is basically the raising uh, or expansion of an energy meeting point of energy that upward spiraling light from the root chakra and the inner light from the crown chakra of uh, divinity or intelligent infinity or God, God on God as the crown, the God's crown, the king's crown. Uh, as the halo, like the halo of, uh, you know, Christian art, uh, the light in the head, the quality of crown chakra, where that, uh, where that uh, essential, you know, essential true nature, energetic, uh, how, how far up um, we're able to bring experience up the chakra column, in terms of how we meet catalyst, in terms of our perspective, do we meet it from the lower chakras of uh, one, two, three below the diaphragm, such as uh, survival and body issue, body identification, or emotional and self-oriented, uh, feeling-based of second chakra, or intellectual, socially, uh, social uh, perspective, social perspective uh, predominant, third chakra. Uh, or do we move out of the personal to the transpersonal? Uh, love, compassion, care, unconditional acceptance for wisdom, knowing, comprehension, and a, and a careful use of both rational, analytic, and um, intuitive, direct knowing, fifth chakra. Uh, knowing the self, knowing the other, communication, hearing, speaking, interfacing, differentiating, discerning, understanding systems and patterns and process and causality, consequence, this kind of clear mind is another way of looking at life. And then six, you know, <laughs> seeing that all is one and sacramental and um, understanding um, the basis of the physical and the basis of energy. Uh, where do you meet your life experience? How do you meet life experience? And Rod we're going to go into that more later, not today, but in future sessions. Um, basically, the, um, the enlightened use of experiential catalyst as um, the development of the seven chakra system. <laughs> Only the raw material does this. And uh, put this side by side in other channeling and see what you find. So, um, Ra gave the example of Carla's pre-incarnative planning programmed catalyst of this lifetime, talking about three levels, 
first with parents and siblings, the experiential catalyst of birth family, body and gender, gender and body, and parents and siblings and home environment conditions. And then beyond that, a second program of agreement with other entities for work, for relation, intimate relationship, for uh, family, for life path as in adulthood. And then the programming of, um, not, not, exactly, not exactly programming, but the um, decision to set those programs of family and body and parents and family and associates or close people, soulmates in the incarnation, to set that within a t an historical period, within a certain nation, within a certain economic class, within a certain time period. And some of, some of that programming, the first and second levels are profoundly personal and unique to each entity, and the third, um, the social or the, the collective context, the collective field in which we're having this incarnation, is common to you know everybody born at the same time in the same nation in the same uh, historical epoch so this is the integration of seven chakra theory the de the theory of seven chakra development with the reality of program catalyst pre-incarnative and higher self intention what am i here for what's the point life purpose and so there's the general life purpose, uh, and there's the specific uh, associated for each person. But the general <laughs> is the development of the seven ray system, particularly two, three, four, five, six. The development of primarily the five middle chakras. That's common for all of us. There's only one path. And it's analogous to the path from root chakra to crown, from the south pole to the north. Now, the new material today starts at 50.7, one of the classic answers of Ra in the entire series of the Ra material. And um, many people have used and reflected on Ra's answer to 50.7. Uh, very, very important. Uh, I'll read Don's question and then Ra's answer and comment. Don says thank you to the previous answer. Then. He says, can you expand on the concept, which is this, that it is necessary for an entity to, during incarnation in the physical, as we call it, become polarized or interact properly, his word, with other entities, and why this isn't possible in between incarnations when he is aware of what he wants to do, but why must he come into an incarnation and lose memory, meaning the veil of forgetting, lose memory, conscious memory, of what he wants to do and then act in a way that he hopes to act. Could you expand on that, please? This is a brilliant question, most essential um, topic regarding the purpose of incarnation. Why is there even a scheme in third density of a veil of forgetting? Why is there this veil of forgetting? Why? Um, we know it from the Logoic side, Ra had said previously that um, the creator found it was more rich experience, more vivid experience in third density and entities polarizing more strongly when there's a veil in 3D space-time. There's no veil in the astral after death. However, that doesn't mean that everybody becomes a Buddha after they die. But there's no veil. There's no wall. There's no cover 
in the over the eye, but not everybody. But everybody has a different capacity of vision. Some people can see um, for miles and miles, and some people can hardly see uh, you know a few inches in front of them. But there's no veil. There's no cover. But it, there is a veil in 3D space-time, and it's basically the establishment of what we call the unconscious mind. Ra answers. Let us give the example of the man who sees all the poker cards, the poker hands. He then knows the game. It's but child's play to gamble, for it is no risk. The other hands are known. The possibilities are known, and the hand will be played correctly, but with no interest. In time-space, and in the true-colored green density, for the hands of all are open to the eye. The thoughts, the feelings, the troubles, all these may be seen. There is no deception, and no desire for deception. This is 4D positive. This much may be accomplished in harmony. Thus, sorry, thus much may be accomplished in harmony, but the mind-body-spirit gains little polarity from this interaction. Let us re-examine this metaphor and multiply it into the longest poker game you can imagine a lifetime. The cards are love, dislike, limitation, unhappiness, pleasure, etc. They are dealt and redealt and redealt continuously. You may, during this incarnation, begin, and we stress, begin to know your own cards. You may begin to find the love within you. You may begin to balance your pleasure, your limitations etc. However, your only indication of other cells' cards is to look into the eyes. You cannot remember your hand, their hands, perhaps even the rules of the game. This game can only be won by those who lose their cards in the melting influence of love, can only be won by those who lay their pleasures, their limitations, they are all upon the table face up, and say inwardly, all all of you players, each other self, whatever your hand, I love you. This is the game. To know, to accept, to forgive, to balance, and to open the self in love. This cannot be done without the forgetting, for it would carry no weight in the life of the mind-body-spirit-beingness totality. Now, um, a few minor matters I would disagree with, but this is a profound uh, analogy uh, of uh, lifetime or incarnation in 3D space-time under the veil, with veil in mind, uh, to the longest poker game you can imagine. Where you have your cards and they have their cards, you don't see theirs, they don't see yours, unless you <laughs> have six chakra activation. Uh, uh, the difference between time-space, like the astral plane, or 4D positive or higher dimensions in general, the difference is that uh, in those other dimensions, mind is unveiled. Mind can see as much as mind has been developed. Here, mind must first remove the veil and then further develop to see. Now, why is there, uh, what, what's the value of being um, partially blinded? What's the, what's the veil of having a, a blindfold over your eyes? What's the purpose, what's the value of uh, this, this intrinsic unknowing associated with incarnation into 3D physical? 
it's basically um, the value of making choice um, in the condition of um, uh, uh, of not knowing. <laughs> Ross said, um, "This game. What is the game?" So here, you know, <laughs> such an important response of Ra here. They're really talking about life purpose and the purpose of the veil in mind to uh, further the goals of soul evolution and cosmic plan. What is the game? What is life purpose? Well, uh, obviously we know 3D is about polarization uh, sufficiently to graduate to the next dimension. Fourth density, positive or negative. Uh, that is, you know, Ross said, the purpose of third density is to learn the ways of love. Now, <laughs> Uh, for those who are somewhat love-developed, it's not only that, because uh, to learn the ways of love include blue and six, blue-ray, fifth-ray, indigo, six-chakra, two. Those making uh, The development of all chakras is to learn the ways of love. But there's the love associated with movement from one, two, three to one, two, three, four, or harvestability to fourth density, and then there's the greater love associated with the fuller development of fifth chakra and sixth, and the link to seven. It's all about love. Ross said the steps are only one for, you know, the evolution or initiation of mind-body-spirit. Those steps are only one to know the seven rays. To know the seven rays is to love and understand them. To understand the seven rays is to bring love or meet the uh, experience of all with love and infuse infuse uh, mind and our total being with um, uh, a full loving um, activation <laughs> of of the seven rays. Now the game is to know, to accept, to forgive, to balance, to open the self in love. Uh, the order of these, uh, you know. This is the last paragraph of 50.7. The order, to me, is more like observing and um, feeling and then um, accepting more fully the, know, you know, the feeling and the totality of present moment experience. That acceptance leads to knowing and balancing. And the knowing um, and accepting, which is a balancing, leads then to forgiveness. And all of that is opening self in love. That's the proper use of catalyst for those on the positive path. And Ra is saying that would, if every, you know, in the case of being in an astral plane, in the case of being in higher dimensions where there is no veil, uh, it's very easy to do that. It's not easy to do that in 3D space time under the veil. So, in the case where the hands of all are open to the eye, um, the entity gains little polarity from uh, the interaction. Now, Ra had said that the intensity of catalyst in 3D physical is about 100 times more than fourth density. Uh, we can surely say that the purpose of, one purpose of the veil in mind is uh, an intensification of catalyst for more robust polarization or soul evolution. Uh, the purpose of life is not um, getting into harmony and making sure I stay there all the time. It's not getting into some state of mind and thinking that I'm going to try to stay here all the time. Pushing down pain, pushing down 
you know, distortions to keep my uh, cheery mind. Just smile. Just be happy. Just uh, stay positive. This is a uh, fourth density <laughs> distortion, forwardy positive distortion uh, of mm, the purpose of evolu- the purpose of incarnation or the way of incarnate the way of evolution. Ra saying, uh, if there was no veil, there would be no deception. There would be no desire for deception. There would be no ignorance. There would be clear seeing. And like it really is in 4D positive, for example, much is accomplished in harmony, but there is also, um, the catalyst is not that intense. It's not a problem because the entity is already clear on its path in 4D positive or 4D negative. Although they, they're not that clear, actually. Some of them shift or drop out of the 4D negative. But in general, um, once the entity is clear on its path and has harvested the fourth density, uh, the, the, the path is straight. It just continues um, intensification of uh, the qualities of being that lead to further polarization. But in third density, that's not what it's about. In third density, physical, the purpose is basically to make a very clear choice moral polarity, metaphysical polarity, and moral decision. Um, I'm either committed to, to goodness and honesty for all, or I'm committed to um, the ways of uh, power uh, and uh, power aggrandizement at any cost uh, for ac- absolute maximal control. And, and truth is unimportant other than the truth of my getting more and more power and control. And so it's a rejection of, of virtue and honesty. Um, so once entities have made their choice, uh, it's not necessary to have a veil. They know who they are, where they're coming from, what they, va- what they value, what they believe in, and they just continue on that path. But in the case of 3D um, physical, the goal is... is um, very um, is very much different, but it's also uh, in some ways easier. In some ways, it's just a it's just a different kind of um, evolutionary task. The task um, is to make clear moral decision, clear moral orientation. And Ross said, you know, working in darkness with a tiny tiny candle, real change can happen. So under the veil is like. Uh, darkness, we don't see the mind of others, we don't see our own mind. Uh, we have our psychology, we have the experiential catalyst of body, mind, and relationship. Right? These are the cards. The love, dislike, limitation, unhappiness, pleasure, dot, dot, dot. These cards e- equals experiential catalyst. Uh, to a large extent, we have programmed all those for ourselves. Um, more or less, uh, many before incarnation. <clears throat> Other of these cards that we do not comprehend totally, or comp- don't even see, acknowledge, and certainly don't comprehend in terms of causation, uh, others are simply karmic karmic result, karmic consequence. Right? Beings are the inheritors of karma, heirs to karma, uh, the children of karma. You made your body, you made your face, you made your life, you made your relationships, you made your mind uh, achievements and limitations. Of course. That's called taking responsibility. That's called reality. 
<laughs> that's the secret. That's the law of attraction. Uh, now, <clears throat> these the experiential catalyst is dealt and redealt and redealt continuously. Every day we have experience of body, conditions, sensations, mind, thoughts, feelings, memories, images, hopes, fears, dot dot dot, and relationship with other, and decision points. What do I do now? What do I do now? What do I want now? These are um, the cards that are continuously dealt. And Ra, being very, um, very loving <laughs> and very realistic and clear, uh, understands that uh, we're, you know, the work we're doing um, is, is not uh, complete in this dimension. Or everything that we're doing is quite partial. During the incarnation, they say, you may begin, begin, just begin to know your own cards. How much do you know yourself? How much do I know myself? Minuscule, tiny, nearly nothing. And most people are even less. <laughs> so I know, I, I joke, sorry, somebody can attack me on this. I often say to myself, I know nearly nothing, and most people know even less. Now, that doesn't mean I'm good or bad. It just means that in general, if you don't know metaphysics, you're really in trouble. <laughs> And um, that's why this world is in mass distress, because people don't seek within. And they don't even know, you know, they don't even know that there's something to look at called the purpose of my life, or who I am, or what I am, or why this world is, and how best to use my life. They don't even know that. Now... Ross said, you may begin to find the love within you. Or you can say, you may, we, we begin, or we just continue to develop. I mean, you know, to say begin is silly, because what? I haven't begun, what, what about my last life? What about, what about my series of incarnations? That's zero? Is that, is, that not, is that not a beginning? Am I beginning now in this incarnation? Of course not. But Ra is saying, you may, to some extent, to a, a you know, beginning or elementary level, continue developing love. Uh, it's not the beginning, this incarnation is not the first incarnation. But you may activate love or know love somewhat, increasingly, but it's not, um, you know, it hasn't made full flower. Begin to balance your pleasure or do somewhat, you may somewhat balance the experiential catalyst. And that, you know, balance your pleasure, your limitations. What do I mean, balance my limitations? What they're saying is, um, come to balance. Or, um, by the process of knowing and accepting, and understanding, forgiving, um, taking responsibility, um, return to balance in mind and clarity of knowing and love wisdom, um, love wisdom balance, love wisdom in our approach to experiential catalyst, which comes again, 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 again. The basic point is um, a certain kind of uh, soul evolution, the, the kind of soul evolution that is possible starting in ignorance or working from ignorance or working in darkness with a tiny candle, that is real solid polarization. And the choice that's made, um, you know, it's, li it's like it would be too easy for entities uh, without a veil 
to choose the positive path or to simply, you know, in, in, a, in accord with reality, um, develop love and, and light and move, um, you know, evolve out of third density. It, it would be too easy. <laughs> so why is there a third density veil? Um, because the creator um, wants a kind of robust uh, soul evolution. Before there was a veil in mind, Ross said, that um, it was like living in a timeless state. There was only harmony, but entities didn't feel much motivation to grow or change or develop themselves. And so there was a kind of sluggish or dull uh, conditions of mind and polarization out of uh, third density to higher. And so the Logoi, uh, long, long ago, uh, realized that it would be a good thing to institute this kind of veil in mind in 3D physical. And um, thus begins the two paths. Before the veil, there was no two path. There was only living in reality. There was no obscuration. And all the entities uh, would go along with love and value, truth, for benefit for all. Which, what we, what we call the positive path, all the entities were in accord with God's will or in accord with the principles of love, light, and unity. Now, of course, there's a negative path. Uh, Ra is really saying then in the last paragraph, what's, you know, what's the goal? And this is very much from a fourth chakra perspective or uh, the goal regarding going from third to fourth density. Uh, acknowledging that we don't know ourselves very well we can't remember our hand or know our mind, which really means we don't know, why do I have this body? Why do I have these patterns of thought and behavior? Why do I have these limitations? Um, what's the point? Yumra said, you can't, you can't perhaps, perhaps uh, you can't even remember the rules of the game. How many people know the rules of the game? <laughs> how many new age people know the rules of the game? How many people, how many new age folks can say, what's the purpose of human incarnation? What's the purpose of soul evolution in the octave? What's the purpose of the veil in mind? Why is it that we infinite beings experience a massive finity limitation? Why? Who, who knows that? One in ten million? One in a hundred million? Maybe. So, <laughs> let's, let's be honest here. Almost everyone here doesn't remember their hand or their mind, doesn't know their mind, doesn't know why they have this mind, doesn't know why they're incarnating, doesn't know where they're going, doesn't know the rules of karma, doesn't know the creation of catalyst. Almost no one here knows that. So Ra is just sweetie sometimes, this is called grandmother zen, but uh, if you want to win the game, <laughs> you can't, don't play. The only way to win is not to play at all. But that's uh, the movie War Games, very good movie. But this game, or the purpose of incarnation, can be one, and it's not about one, but can be um, effectively, or, or um, we can live um, an authentic, uh, successful, metaphysically valuable, and um, what? Success? It's, you know, to say success and failure, win and lose, is very silly. We're not trying to win a game. Um, we're trying to make good use of opportunity. So this opportunity of living in darkness with a tiny candle, the darkness 
of the limited conscious mind with the veil in mind, with the tiny candle of the conscious mind seeking, which can grow, and, and the darkness can be completely dispelled, you know. And adept, gautama, uh, avatara, you know, they don't have darkness. They are illumined. They are, you know, the principle, the word Buddha means uh, awakened one, means uh, the principle of, of the light of mind. So the darkness can be uh, dispelled completely, but very few people do that. But the opportunity of 3D incarnation can only be used effectively or used well when we, um, what Ross said, lose their cards in the mental, melting influence of love. It means not get attached to the uh, particulars of our experience um, that we don't totally understand. <laughs> that um, to sacrifice or give, give it all up for love which means love everything. Now, that's not the last step, but it's here shown, uh, and I would say it's the first step. And I'm not perfect in this, so I can't explain it perfectly. But um, to lose one's cards in the melting influence of love, in some sense, I would say, means um, to, not, to not get stuck in the vast... In, in our vast ignorance, our vast ignorance of everything, not get stuck in that, uh, but yet um, reaffirm the primacy of love, reaffirm the supreme value of love, which most people don't even understand what is love. How many people can answer me, what is love? Almost no one. Takes, took me decades to figure out some kind of reasonable understanding of love. So, you know, we, we can mouth sweet words, but if the comprehension is limited, it means nothing. You could stay three hours in this response, 50.7, and maybe the whole this whole class is going to be 50.7. And I'm not an expert either. But you see how silly it is to keep reading when we don't know what we're reading? Isn't that sad? <laughs> to keep reading when we don't even understand the paragraphs we're reading? You think you understand it? Please comment. <laughs> I can't say I understand it totally. Because this is not a game. And we can't win this game. This is an opportunity. And it can be used well or not too well. How to use it well? What does it mean, lose your cards in the melting influence of love? What does it mean, lose your cards? It means, I think, not get attached to our ignorance and not get attached to our day-to-day -day reactivity um, and realize that we can't comprehend much. Understanding is not of this density, said Ra. Um, meanwhile, uh, even though I can't know fully, I can love and accept. However, if someone is screwing you, that is a very poor response. That's called martyrdom, and that's love over wisdom, and that's naive, and then that person has a very, in, a very poor capacity to handle uh, direct negativity. A bee just came to the window, and a butterfly at the same time. How about that? It's a very poor response to negatively oriented folks, and it's a very poor response to deception. 
This is an age of deception, a universal age of deceit, said Will, said uh, Orwell. It's, it's a very poor means to navigation during a universal age of deceit, such as we have now at the end of their density, um, to simply say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And that's all. We can start there. All of you, I love you. All you false flag makers and crisis actors and uh, religious supremacists and racists and violent genocidal, you know, murderers, oh, I love you. Sound like a problem there? Well, <laughs> we can say you are God, but if you um, just say what? I love you? Come into my country, a hundred million foreign refu refugees? Is that, a, is that okay? You think that's okay? Um, there's a little problem here. <laughs> Love over wisdom is a real problem in this world where there's a lot of negativity. So it's not that simple. Meanwhile, um, Ra's recommending or saying, laying your pleasures, your limitations, you're all upon the table and saying, I love you, whatever it is, despite my not knowing, despite my pain, despite my confusion, despite um, the darkness of this situation with very limited comprehension, uh, I love you. Now what? I love you, come into my country. I love you, here's all my money. I love you, kill my family. Huh? Hmm? I love you. How do I decide, though? What about decision? <laughs> so, you see, you know, I think it's kind of important to balance this presentation um, with a recognition of the importance of wisdom. Meanwhile, sure, the development of unconditional love is facilitated by forgetting. And uh, a person who is, you know, um, running with a burden on their back um, will really get strong while a person who is being carried by the wind doesn't get strong. Uh, and so hardship, you know, can lead to strengthening of character, obviously, and um, forgetting um, the, the effort made to penetrate forgetting can lead to very strong soul polarization and commitment to one's path much more so than if one is uh, given the keys to the kingdom, no effort required. And that's why the veil in mind was instituted by the Logoi long, long ago in 3D space-time. So, um, forgetting is uh, built in to the situation of 3D physical. Uh, working in darkness with a tiny candle is um, gutsy and it's respectable it's commendable highly commendable admirable and um, it's challenge but if you uh, end your uh, response with I love you and no more uh, you will probably get screwed when you are in relationship to a service to self entity uh, so, <laughs> um, we need to qualify. Let's see how far we get here. 50.8. Don changes the subject. Um, I, you know, what happens, sometimes they just have to process Ra's answers in between sessions to formulate the next question. 
50.8 Don asks, how does the ability to hold visual images in mind allow the adept to do polarization and consciousness without external action? This is a relation to the previous session. Question, <clears throat> answer, question to answer, answered question about the two types of meditation, the second being visualization associated with work in consciousness <clears throat> um, without external action which is basically like world service visualization or meditation, you know, visualization, white magic, visualization type meditation for world service to uh, radiate love light or to do specific action offering love and light um, for world benefit. How does the ability to hold visual images in mind to help that process or support that type of meditation? Ross said, this is not a simple query for the adept is one which will go beyond the green ray, which, and the previous answer was very much about moving into green ray. The adept is one which will go beyond the green ray, which signals entry into harvestability, meaning the development of green ray, that signals, which is the signal indicating entry to harvestability. The adept is one which will go beyond the green ray, which signals entry into harvestability. The adept will not simply be tapping into intelligent energy as a means of readiness for harvest, but tapping into both intelligent energy and intelligent infinity for the purpose of transmuting planetary harvestability and consciousness. The means of this working lie within the key is first silence, and secondly, singleness of thought. Thusly, a visualization which can be held steady to the inward eye for several of your minutes as you measure time will signal the adept's increase in singleness of thought. This singleness of thought then can be used by the positive adept to work in group ritual visualizations for the raising of positive energy and by negative adepts for increase in personal power. In terms of adept work, the adept is one who has gone beyond Green Ray, not rejecting, but including and expanding inclusively beyond green ray not only one two three four but one two three four five six seven ray activations uh, <clears throat> they don't only tap into intelligent energy or six chakra activation for harvesting they're not only working one two three four they're working in all seven rays somewhat but they're also tapping intelligent infinity and their purpose, or the purpose of this type of meditation, uh, world service, could be called transmuting planetary harvestability and consciousness um, assistance, you know, visualization, white magical assistance to increase planetary harvestability and uh, support planetary consciousness development. May all beings be well and happy. I offer love light to all. May all be well and happy. Um, this kind of thing. The means of the working lie within, so the basis of this is samadhi. <laughs> samadhi is silence and singleness of thought. Samadhi, like mm, Shila Samadhi Prajna in Buddhism, samadhi also can mean meditation or concentration, one-pointedness, which is singleness of thought, uh, quiet mind, calm abiding, um, non-production of uh, sensation and uh, uh, perception and samskara. <clears throat> Uh, you know, 
Buddhist meditators, uh, yogis, Hindus, many traditions, uh, really Buddhist and Hindu, <laughs> not too many others, it seems. Buddhist and Hindu yogis, meditators, Eastern fellows understand samadhi. They may not get that, but they, they're deep in the traditions, um, which begin, begin with silence of mind and singleness of thought. Begin. Then there's visualization. And uh, Tibetan lamas know about, you know, holding images steady in the mind for several minutes. It's a very serious, great achievement, actually, uh, and perfect for uh, white magic, and unfortunately easily co-opted to black magic. Meanwhile, um, when that can be done, holding an image steady for a few minutes, um, then one, that adept, that yogi, is ready to do... Um, group ritual visualizations for raising positive energy or radiating positive energy or increasing the availability of love light both right love based light or intelligent energy itself um, encompassing you know chakras one through six energetics i think uh for all beings may all beings make use of this love light radiation for their own um for their own evolution and then neg negative adepts do that kind of concentration for increasing personal service. Uh, yes, thank you. Somebody rec reminded me. It's not about initiation of mind-body-spirit, but balance in mind-body-spirit. The key, the, the steps are only one, understanding the seven energy centers. So the key to balance, uh, we can say, is the application of green ray or development of unconditional love. Whatever your cards, whatever's happening... Um, the moment contains love. That's the key to balance. That balance, of course, leads to healing and initiation um, and, you know, is the core work of, of evolution in this dimension. So, um, that's why Ra had said, you know, and I forgot the adjective, the, the, the terms for the chakras, we can say that there are primary rays, one, three, five, we can say the red ray is foundational. We can also say that there are basic rays, which I believe is 147. So fourth chakra, the center of the bullseye, the green ray, love, um, is a basic center. Even though it's not the basic center of root ray, it's essential, as essential as one and seven. In fact, it's the basis of all the middle chakras between one and seven. They, you can say that they are expansions of the fourth ray, which is a very interesting esoteric way. So anyway, we see that Ra understands that um, samadhi is central to um, visualization or occult-type meditations, white magic, um, samadhi is the key. And samadhi is this silence of mind and singleness of thought or concentration and calm abiding. Then the entity or the adept can do great work. 50.9, can you tell me how the adept, being able to hold image for several minutes, what does he do then to affect planetary consciousness or increase positive polarity? And Ross says, when the positive adept touches intelligent infinity, seventh ray, from within, meaning the kundalini from root to crown, this is the most powerful of connections, for it is the connection of the whole mind-body-spirit complex microcosm with the macrocosm the seven-ray self with the, with the octave. This connection enables the 
true color, true the uh, green ray, true color, in time space, to manifest in your time space. I wonder if they missed that. In meaning they meant it to be space time. In green ray, thoughts are beings. In your illusion, this is not normally so. The adepts then become living channels for love and light, and are able to channel this radiance, in brackets, directly into the planetary web of energy nexi. The ritual will always end by the grounding of this energy in praise and thanksgiving, and the release of this energy into the planetary whole. This is sort of an introduction to world service visualization meditation. Um, with such meditation, the adept, or the person who is an adept, only an adept is one who can do this, um, positively oriented. What they're doing is touching intelligent infinity from within. This is um, Kundalini uh, all the way effectively going from root to crown. Contact with intelligent infinity is the linkage of six and seven, seventh ray. It's the most powerful connection uh, connection there is. And they um, say, Ross says, the whole mind-body-spirit complex microcosm with the macrocosm it's the seven-dimensional self um, connected with the octave. The totality of the octave is connected now or starts to fuse or be fused in or by or as mind-body-spirit beingness totality or the seven-ray self. Seven-ray self and the macrocosm of the logoic octave become one. That allows green-ray true color and time-space to manifest in your time-space or in space-time, perhaps. And so, the thoughts are beings in green ray. <laughs> um, it's beyond me. But um, there is a direct manifestation of thoughts as beings, as life, um, in the service meditation, in that service activity of meditation. Um, there's a sort of uh, embodiment or manifestation of their intention of love in light to affect the entirety of the planet and all beings, becoming a living channel for love and light, um, different than channeling information. And then they channel this radiance, right? So there's there's very specific targeted work, and then there's general radiance work. It's all very complicated. <clears throat> and it's, you know, not really necessary to understand unless you get there. <laughs> when you're there your teacher will help you <laughs> or as you're approaching the teacher your teacher will help you but if you're not nearby um, I don't think it's so valuable to know the intricacies of where what we may not even manifest in this lifetime so meaning this doing this kind of work uh, anyway the radiance is channeled and it goes to the planetary uh, energy field the etheric grid of the planet and then it's ended in praise and thanksgiving uh, for, you know, may all beings be well and happy um, for all beings. Uh, Don asked a question, 5010, that Ra didn't answer. Don was wondering about people recently trained in meditation, able to cause action at a distance, an effect on bending metal. They were wearing a pyramid-shaped wire on their heads. He was invited. He couldn't get there. Could you comment? Anything of value? Ross said, no. <laughs> Please ask one more full query. Then Don jumped off that and said, could you give me more? And, and 
pulled back from the specificity, which might have been an infringement, um, meaning Ra didn't answer because um, it's too... Don's got to figure that out himself. But he pulled back to a question 5011 that did was uh, answerable. Could you give me more information on the energy fields of the body as it relates to right and left brain and if it's related to the pyramid shape as far as energy focusing? Very good question. Um, Don says, I am a little lost at exactly how to get into this line of questioning, so I'll ask that question, which is unclear, but it's a complicated question. The body energy fields as it relates to right and left brain hemispheres, how does that relate to use of pyramid shape for energy focusing or development? Ross said, we are similarly at a loss at this line of questioning. We may say that the pyramid shape is but one, one of many, which focuses the in-streamings of energy for use by entities which may become aware of these in-streamings. We may say further that the shape of your physical brain is not significant as a shape for concentrating in-streamings of energy. Please ask more specifically if you may that information, if you may that information you seek. So the shape of the physical brain, Ross said, is not significant for concentrating um, universal prana, chi, ki, you know, intelligent energy. Um, it seems to me the shape of the pineal gland, like a pine tree, is significant. Uh, you know, there are all sorts of things going on. You know, the brain does look like a torus, T-O-R-U-S, or a donut. Uh, there are all sorts of, the brain hemispheres, the shape of the brain, I think, is metaphysically significant. But um, in the way, as like a pyramid, it's a bit dif different, it seems, Ross saying. But to me, the shape of the brain is significant. But uh, the pyramid shape is one of many shapes which focuses in streamings of energy, which is, um, you know, universal intelligent energy, um, prana, chi, ki, uh, for use by entities who will become aware, meaning they know that it's possible. So the pyramid is a little bit like a funnel for intelligent energy. And the normal big base, uh, small peak, you know, the, the right side up, or the basic pyramid with the large base and a tiny capstone peak at the top, um, that's like an upside-down funnel, in my understanding. 5012. Um, getting close to the end here. Each of us feel, in meditation, energy on the head in various places. Could you tell me what this is, and what it signifies, and what the various places that we feel it signify? So this is an um, interesting question about uh, meditation experiences of sensation of energy in the head. Of course, where it happens is significant. What it particularly is, is significant. And that changes over time. Uh, Ra's answer is very useful here for meditators who get these energy sensation experiences. Ra said, forgetting the pyramid will be of aid to you in the study of these experiences. So forget about the pyramid. Then, the in-streamings of energy are felt by the energy centers which need and are prepared for activation. Thus, those who feel the stimulation at violet ray level, seven, crown, are getting just that. Those feeling it within the forehead, between the brows, eyebrows, and experiencing indigo ray, are experiencing indigo ray, and so forth. So, where you feel it is where you're getting it, associated with that, the chakra of that location. Those experiencing tinglings and visual images 
are having some blockage in the energy center being activated. And thus the electrical body spreads this energy out and its effect is diffused. Those not truly sincerely requesting this energy may yet feel it if the entities are not well trained in psychic defense. Those not desirous of experiencing these sensations and activations and changes even upon the subconscious level will not experience anything due to their abilities at defense and armoring against change. Very interesting answer because Ra is saying, <clears throat> number one, um, where you feel it, obviously, is related to that chakra um, being stimulated. However, the reason you're feeling it, what feeling? What is the it? What's feeling? Feeling tingling, uh, tickling, visual images, flashes of light, balls of light, sound even in the ears, itchy, mm, uh, micromuscular contraction, micromuscular um, burst expansion, like some little thing in my forehead goes pick. I mean, I've had all those many, many, many times. And <clears throat> anybody who does a lot of meditation will get that. The reason they're getting that is because energy is being brought up to the head chakras. Meanwhile, there are blockages that are being um, unblocked. When there are no blockages, you feel nothing, as far as I know. <laughs> but I don't know because I'm not completely unblocked. But I, as, as far as I know, uh, as chakras become increasingly unblocked, one feels less. And Ra is saying that the electrical body spreads the energy out, the effect is diffused, and that's the reason for visual images, tingling, popping, burst of light, uh, micromuscular um, disruption, very strange, feeling like being an insect bite, feeling itchy. Oh my God, I'm so itchy. Uh, you know, my upper forehead is itchy. The hell, my upper forehead is never itchy. But uh, in meditation, these things can happen. <clears throat> uh, and when that cycle has gone, you know, to some completion uh, of, you know, sufficient activation, I guess, um, one feels nothing. Now, there are also cases where a person gets it but doesn't want it. Uh, there are people who uh, do meditation. Well, there are all sorts of things going on. There's, there's black magic that can lead to strange effects on people that they don't want. If they are not trained in psychic defense, which they probably wouldn't be, um, they will feel some sensations. Uh, there are meditators or people who do meditation that don't want these effects also because they think it's a problem or it could be very painful. It could be a headache. You know, it could be a migraine. It could be, uh, you know, weird things in front of my eye. It could be all sorts of strange uh, auditory and visual d distorted perceptions or sensations in the head. All sorts of things are possible. And uh, people may not want it, but if they don't, you know what, have psychic defense uh, training, then they can't stop it. Uh, in the case of people who really don't want to change, meaning uh, committed to non-polarization, moral non-polarization, these are the non-polarized repeaters, those who are, you know, wanting to sleep, wanting to remain in orange ray, wanting to check out and are committed to uh, having been checked out of society and not looking within. <laughs> 
these people, I believe, would be those who are um, not desirous of experiencing such sensations and activations, or, you know, chakra activation, chakra development, even upon subconscious level. Um, really deeply committed to um, not, not changing. <laughs> there are some people like that. And, um, you know, truth doesn't, uh, you know, truth doesn't bother them because they're not interested in truth. They're interested in maintaining their current opinions or their current position of, in mind or in their life. Uh, then that person who's committed to non-seeing or non-changing um, doesn't experience uh, higher chakra stimulation. But of course, if they're really, you know, um, committed to uh, armoring against change, it's not likely that they're going to have six and seven chakra activation anyway. So it's a little strange there. But um, people, there are people who are very defensive. <laughs> we can become very defensive. When we become very defensive, or when we meet people who are totally reactive defensive that may be an example of armoring against change deep subconscious reluctance to to change to think to discover the new and dawn 5013 says right now i'm getting two feelings simultaneously is it normal to get two at once <laughs> and ra picks up on the word normal says the most normal for the adept is the following the indigo stimulation, six right, activating the great that great gateway into healing, magical work, prayerful attention, and the radiance of being. And secondly, stimulation of violet ray, which is the spiritual giving and taking from from and to creator, from creator to creator. This is a desirable configuration. And that was the last long question. Excuse me. Is there a brief query before we leave this instrument? Uh, what's normal? Um, well, in the path of developing the seven chakras, what's normal or what's most harmonious is to develop them in sequence or at least not skip. And uh, thus, it would be most normal or I don't think it's even normal, but it's, I mean, it, it's desirable. <laughs> when Ra said it's desirable, that means it's not necessarily the same as normal. If you want to say most normal, it's is, is what's most desirable normal <laughs> not in this world but uh, in many cases um, obviously the path is uh, you know one two three four five six seven and so what would be most desirable which you may say is normal <laughs> without such distortion in society uh, would be six ray then to seven and the six ray stimulation uh, is what well uh, what is the gateway? What is the gateway to intelligent infinity? That's explained here. The gateway to intelligent infinity, or six to seven, linkage of six to seven, the light in the head, um, is this gateway for what? For healing? Very much related to intelligent energy coming out through four. Magical work. Um, adept work, work is six chakra. Prayerful attention, also six chakra, but less active than... Um, magical visualization um, ritual ritual activity. Prayerful attention is basically the uh, dwelling in the radiance of being. And then the radiance of being. <laughs> Prayerful attention um, then would be uh, paying attention to, um, you know, to divinity. God here. Sacred here. 
God is here, infinity is here, and um, I seek to dwell, paying and and honoring that now. That's um, a bit different than the radiance of being, if the radiance of being means um, consciously offering such radiance of love light, right? Fourth ray, fifth ray blend, in sixth ray, um, magical offering or uh, adept work, uh, offering the radiance of being um, perhaps is um, less focused on deity or divinity um, or prayer um, as a seeking or a thought um, in what we're calling prayerful attention. But these are all qualities of the gateway to intelligent infinity or the qualities of 6th and 7th ray activation and coordination. Uh, magical work, prayerful attention, radiance of being, and healing, like Yeshua, the crystallized healer. Then, uh, beyond that, we have 7th ray activation. And what is 7th ray all about? Wrong. One way we can look at it is spiritual giving and taking from and to creator, creator to creator. Um, it's the 7th ray self, you see. You know, activation of seventh ray means that um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven are all in play. You know, activation of a higher chakra in balance inevitably includes all the previous or so-called lower chakras inclusively also. So working from six chakra means working from uh, a six-dimensional self. Working from seventh ray means the total seven-dimensional self is activated or in play or um, in process in the moment, consciously. Consciousness of the seven-dimensional self. That's, you know, real adept work. And so this is, uh, you know, this is at the level of, of Gautama Nityananda or Ramana Maharshi, maybe. But it's... Um, you know, what lies ahead and what we will get some taste of um, to the extent that we develop 6th and 7th ray, or at least the gateway from 6th to 7th. So, very high material here. Finally, 5014, last exchange, Don says, is there anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or improve the contact? Ra says, I am Ra. You are conscientious and your alignments are careful. It would be well to take care that this instrument's neck is placed carefully upon its support. I am Ra. I leave you, my friends, in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, then, rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the one infinite creator, Adonai. And that closes the first 50 sessions, or session 50, the first 50 sessions of the Law of One, or the Ra material. Congratulations if you're listening. Just as Ross said, the tingling or the sensations are the result of stimulation of a block center. So there are two things going on. One is a chakra being stimulated, and the second one is that stimulation um, leading to tingling or various sensations. Uh, when Ross said that um, those who feel stimulation at those of those who are feeling it within the forehead between brows or experiencing indigo ray you can assume that it's six ray it's indigo ray being stimulated activated um, I don't know if that would I, I mean I think where the location of the stimulate the location of the sensation 
the, t the tingling or anything uh, is associated with where the chakra is, what chakra is in, in play. I mean, one can feel strong sensation in the solar plexus, in the lower belly, in the heart, in the neck, uh, in the forehead, on the, and on the top of the head, or the, the upper region of the skull. Uh, that would be associated with those localized chakras only. Now, maybe there are other chakras being activated too, but if one's not feeling stimulation there, it may be that it's not being activated. It, the, the blockage of that chakra is not being uh, further unblocked, or that chakra is uh, sufficiently already unblocked. But if you're feeling it in the head, it's stimulating the six and seven chakras. But yes, uh, because the chakra is blocked, then the energy electrical body, which I think, I don't think this is the etheric body, well, it may be the etheric body, but it's the, the blockage is in the etheric, but the tingling is in the electrical, which is probably um, what first, second, third chakra blockage-related body energy field. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I have felt stimulation. I have felt very painful stimulation or painful sensations in the solar plexus, which could be black magic attack, <laughs> and or um, unblocking of third chakra. Uh, I have felt sensations in the nose <clears throat> in meditation, which is 5.3, which is unblocking fifth chakra, third subplane, I think. I've felt everywhere, anywhere, <laughs> all sorts of things. But wherever you feel it, you can associate it to that, to the chakra associated with that portion of the body. Now, other chakras may be uh, being stimulated also, but they may not be, um, they may not be sufficiently blocked to register sensation. You see, um, as I've said many times, it seems to me all chakras are blocked to some degree. Um, I would never say I have any one chakra totally unblocked. How do I know? Well, what? Some channel, somebody, some entity told me? A healer told me? I received it in meditation? Maybe. <clears throat> maybe it's so, maybe not. But I wouldn't uh, you know, arrogate to myself some sense that any chakra is totally unblocked, but uh, not feeling a sensation there doesn't mean it's totally unblocked. It may mean that the that degree of stimulation is not sufficient to unblock the deeper levels of that chakra blockage that still exist. But if you're feeling something in the head, I wouldn't assume it's because of stimulation of uh, lower chakra. It's because of stimulation of that chakra, six and seven in the head. There are other minor chakras in the head. There are all sorts of things. You can feel a stimulation in the uh, the orbit of the eye, where the tear duct is uh, next to the bridge of the nose. One can feel stimulation there. These are these are actually there is a nadi that goes from the toes to the fa to the eye. There, if you look at Hindu uh, story, uh, the Hindu depictions, they're basically uh, Hindu yoga depictions of the nadis, the entire entire map of the nadis of the body. Uh, there are nadis that go from the big toe to the eye. <laughs> there are nadis all over the place. <clears throat> and one can feel very weird stimulation. I mean, I felt intense pain in a big toe. I felt strange pain in the eye orbit, around the eye. <laughs> you know? I've had incredible itching of the forearms. Uh, stimulation the back of the head. Um, feeling the tightening in the back of the skull, uh, something in the medulla oblongata, 
meaning the, the back from the third eye in the back of the head. These are, I assume, um, increased energy activations stimulating blockages in chakras and, and minor chakras. I wouldn't assume that lower chakras are being stimulated at the same time, but obviously the energy would have to be going up through those lower chakras too. Uh, but it, it seems to me that <clears throat> it's like a kind of excavation. <laughs> this is a poor analogy, but you, you dig a hole. And let's say that the, the chakra blockage is like, is, is like dirt, is like a, a spot of earth. You, the, the stimulation, uh, energy stimulation associated with that chakra digs a certain hole. And that means um, the channel is clear to that extent. If the practice doesn't deepen further, then the hole doesn't get deeper. This is saying a hole is a good thing, meaning it's a certain, uh, you know, you, you clean the, the spot on the wall. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> just because you don't feel any, just because uh, the... Um, just because you're not feeling anything doesn't mean it's totally unblocked. Meanwhile, if one does even deeper practice, meaning longer time spent in mindfulness or samadhi, silent mind, quiet mind, singleness of thought, concentration, calm abiding, yet staying mindful, then there's further stimulation. Then there may be further sensation at different body position, body points. That, to me, would indicate even further deeper unblocking or clearance of chakra blockages or further activation. Uh, and the longer you do that practice, the do practice, the deeper it can go, the more you may feel tingling, but it comes and goes. It depends on the degree of activation or energy getting to that point in any one period of meditation or after meditation or anything. One can have this not in meditation too. One can be listening to a lecture and, and feel stimulation in the head. Uh, one, I mean, I've given talks in Japan where I was translate, where I had translator, and my translator had to sit down because she's getting dizzy. She's getting dizzy because she can't stand next to me, because there's too much energy going through her system too, and um, she felt um, unstable um, because her head was, um, you know, there were still blockages in six and six and seven that she was not accustomed to um, experiencing uh, de-blocked, the de-blocking, if that, if that was what was going on. So, meanwhile, one can feel stimulation in lower chakras, like gut or solar plexus, that may be black magic attack. <laughs> and that's different than tones in the right and left ear. So it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff, there are a lot of possibilities. Meaning, um, you thought you sort of had a one incarnation perspective, a mono mono incarnation perspective, like mm. I'll do all this work, or all the work is done this life, or mm. all the all the work is done now. But I mean, I don't agree with Ra that we're just beginning. However, uh, the degree of self understanding we have now, at any time in any incarnation is minuscule to the total self that can be known. The totality of knowing is massive. And the degree of knowing in any one incarnation of anything whatsoever, 
meaning our cards or our the our karma you know our cards meaning our our experiential catalyst um, the thoughts and feelings and images and memories that arise and why they arise what's the cause and and what's the value or purpose for this occurring even how can I use this or what's it all about uh, our understanding of that is minuscule and um, Ra had said at some point you know it is some some sense that it was absolutely necessary for harvestability to for to know you don't understand <laughs> and of course they said understanding is not of your density because it's properly associated with fourth chakra fourth density but <clears throat> um, very very few people seem to realize how little they know <laughs> I think Socrates said you know the more I know the more I realize I don't know so that's what a master says. <laughs> the master says, I don't know. So you ask some master, some, there's always Zen stories, Chinese Chan stories. You ask the master, you know, what is Buddha? He says, I don't know. <laughs> Great answer. You know, what is mind? I don't know. What is the path? I don't know. <laughs> Great answer. Because uh, not only is our degree of uh, conceptual knowing minuscule compared to the total available conceptual knowing, which is all relative truth, knowing by concept, right? We're just talking concept here. Meanwhile, um, the reality that we apply concepts to and, and have our conceptual understanding, that reality is uh, far greater or far different than our concepts that we call knowing and understanding, meaning it can't be known Reality cannot be known. Not only uh, is our conceptual map very poor, because we're under the veil, and, you know, we're not super adepts. <laughs> but um, reality that is uh, the, the basis that we apply personalized conceptual knowing and concepts, right? naming activity, that which is the reality to which we are applying naming activity of concepts and so-called understanding. That reality in itself is beyond conceptual designation. We can apply a concept to it, but what is it really? It's much more like the leaf. I look at the green leaf. Oh, I'm so smart. I say it's a green leaf and it's a, you know, plant biology and I can talk about it. Meanwhile, if I get really close to it, all I see is green. If I get closer, I see, you know, cellular activity. If I get closer, I see subcellular, um, you know, um, subcellular process. If I get closer, I see molecules. Hmm. If I get closer, I see atoms and electrons in space. What if I go into the space between the nucleus and the electron? What do I see? God knows what I see. Quarks, quanks, strange things. What? Who knows? Is that a leaf? Of course it's the leaf. What else is it? I just went into it. <laughs> so just by changing perspective, by increasing magnification of what I'm seeing, I'm seeing I discover something that's totally different. I see it out here from 10 feet away, it's a green leaf. And I go submicroscopic and I see quarks or, you know, vast space. What's, what is it? It's all of that. How can you say it's a leaf? What a shallow conceptual... Um, comprehension. So, 
It's all the one infinite. It's all infinity, isn't it? So that's why that's why the teachers say, I don't know. <laughs> because the only the arrogant say they know. <laughs> the fool says, I know. The wise man says, I don't know. Seems to me. <laughs> so, so this is a very big deal. You know, it's a very big deal. Um, meanwhile, I think, you know, and this perspective that I'm sharing um, is valuable. Uh, because I think it's, um, it, it, it puts a framework around um, this um, usually emotionally charged issue of how much anyone knows anything, and then argumentation with folks, and then the fear of change, meaning fear of expanding my, my relative knowing. Uh, next time we'll go to session 51. And um, session 51 uh, is 11 exchanges only, <laughs> but that doesn't matter because it's pretty deep. Some very important, very important discussion of harvest or planetary dimensional shift and the, the three-way split. Harvest is really pertaining to soul evolution and dimensional shift pertains to cosmic plan or planetary evolution the, co the portion of cosmic plan associated with planetary evolution that provides the basis for uh, harvesting or three-way splitting or splitting or the winnowing of the wheat from the chaff uh, or the ascension or graduation of beings um, at this time. And so we'll get forward to harvest and a very important answer, <laughs> more stuff about UFOs, uh, more discussion of energy chakras and um, cosmology even so <laughs> these sessions are you can see why people don't read four volumes they maybe read the first or second books and then they leave it at that uh, it's increasingly um, high complex uh, deep um, metaphysics here spiritual philosophy but mm, thank you Ra and your group and our group because this is very wonderful certainly for me I hope it's wonderful for you too and um, <clears throat> thanks for being here I appreciate the opportunity take good care of yourselves and good night <laughs>